0: Of the metal bob live podcast i am your host metal bob today's show is brought to you by legend picks also artist jeremiah callick and please help me welcome our newest sponsor the texas vinyl coalition you can find links to our sponsors and more on the metal bob live website there you can also find links to the latest metal bob gear including shirts hoodies and more On today's show, I had the honor of speaking with Ted Renner, rhythm guitarist and lead vocalist for the Hong Kong Sleepover. We discussed my first encounter with the band. We also discussed our annual St. Jude's benefit show. And I also asked Ted what we can expect next from the band. So sit back, have a listen and enjoy the show. Thank you. Hello, Ted. Hello. How are we doing? doing great brother how you doing man i'm good i appreciate you taking your time out of your day brother no problem happy to always happy to yeah man so what you been up to man well not too
1: much just kind of you know i mean i think the girlfriend and i've been fortunate enough to you know that we could work from home and stuff like that but the band hasn't been doing really anything
0: yeah i know it dude It's, it's unfortunate man i so I, I talked to you guys, I, I don't know if you remember me or not, I talked to you guys, been a few years ago. The first time I ever seen mm-hmm. you guys play was at the Ragged Records. Okay, I, yep. was, I was involved in a podcast back then called Nothing Shocking. We interviewed you guys after you played a record store day.
1: Yep, yep, I remember it. I do.
0: And at that time, when I went in there, I'm like, I don't even know who these guys are. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know nothing about the band. I had no idea what I was about to witness, and I was just blown away.
1: <laughs>
0: well, good. We like to hear that. And I think I told you at the interview, or at, the interview at that time, I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, you guys, your music must be, makes me want to break shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I was That's like,
0: great. good Lord. So, hey, I know you guys just put out Butcher and Bolt. Is there any new music in the works?
1: Yeah. So um, one thing we did, you know, whenever we're writing, uh, like we'll set up, we'll turn the computer on and we'll set everything up and we just record whatever comes out. And just kind of from doing that, then we go back and we listen and we're like, we'll develop this into a song or we'll develop that into a song, you know. And so we've always got some, some stuff, you know, sitting around. By the way, uh, my my neighbors blowing his yard, so if you hear something in, in the background, that's kinda of what it is. I'm oh, sorry. It's all good. Uh, so so anyway, so we, we have all that stuff and we um, right after we put out Butcher and Bolt, we kinda came in here and we said, Okay, you know, those are done and then we went back and we listened to everything else and then um, you know, there were there were a lot of other songs in there that we started working on and then the, you know, with the quarantine, the way it's been for the last couple of months, um, I've been able to, to work on some lyrics. So there's one song that we started new. There's a couple of songs where we kind of went back into the archives, and I've been putting lyrics to. So there's a good three that we got a kind of of a foothold into, um, and then there's a few more. So I think we've kind of decided that we're we're not going to do the album thing anymore. Because it seems like we write three or four songs, and then it takes forever to write enough to get to an album, but we can write three or four pretty quick. So I think what we're going to start doing from now on is we get three or four down that we're good with, that we're comfortable with, we're going to release those. Probably, more than likely, it'll probably all just be digital.
0: Right. I've seen a lot of people are doing that these days, releasing just singles, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. one or two every three or four months. Yep. So, yeah. So, uh, hey, can you give me a little background on the Hong Kong Sleepover? How'd you guys become a band?
1: Sure. Um, So, started, oh God, uh, started a long time ago. I want to say, like in the 2005 era, we started as a cover band and we had a different bass player. And so we started playing shows and we wrote about five songs together and our bass player sang three of them, and I sang two of them, um, and then, you know, kind of after about two years, we kind of had a, a parting of the ways with that bass player, and it was one of those things where he's still a really, really good friend, a really close friend to us, and we love him, but it was just three of us wanted to play music one way, and one of us wanted to play music a different way, so he left, we, we kept two songs he took the other three with him and then we when we got rid of him we had no idea what we were going to do we didn't have a bass player lined up we didn't have anybody that we even knew that was gonna you know that was would be remotely interested so we kind of shot ourselves in the foot you know and then it just so happened you know we spent about three months um not playing shows writing music (laughs) And at the end of that three months, I think we had about seven songs and it just kind of so happened we met Waylon one day who had just moved here. He was, he was 18 years old. He'd moved here from Georgia to be with a woman, to be with his wife, the woman he's married to now moved here, got married. He had just turned 18 like five days before we started playing with him. And that was like 2007. And then so we've just been, we've been together. We've been, you know, practicing until this, until the quarantine, we've been practicing twice a week, every week since 2007, playing shows. You know, we put out uh, three albums, an EP, a live DVD. Uh, We just, we enjoyed doing it, you know? Yeah. That's kind of, that's about the background, I think.
0: And man, you, you hit the jackpot when you got Waylon, man. He's a great guy. Yeah, we did. You know, a bass player has always been somebody that's very difficult to find,
1: at least around this area. You know, it seemed like everybody was playing drums or guitar, but nobody was playing bass. So when you find a bass player, that's one thing. When you find a good bass player, that's even better. So,
0: Absolutely. So, hey, man, uh, so uh, so when you think the next single's going to drop? What's that? When do you think the next single's going to drop?
1: Uh, you know, as soon as we're, we're actually going to start practicing again on Tuesday. Uh, we, we have not practiced together. We've not stood in the same room together uh, since March. We had two shows at the beginning of March, um, and then when we got back, right when we got back from those shows, I was sick for a couple of days, and Pete was sick for a couple of days. And then the next thing you know, it's like everybody's being told to shelter in place and quarantine and all this. So w- Tuesday is when we're going to start getting back together. I'd like for us to be able to um, put two or three songs together. At, you know, four would be something I'd, I'd like to shoot for. Put four songs together and maybe have some of that drop by, you know, November, somewhere around in there, if at all possible. So that's what I that's what I'd like to do but you know we um, we're working with a manager now um, and he's real good on saying you know this would be the time to do these things or that would be the time to do these things so we you know it's gonna kind of be what the what the band thinks and what you know and talking to him what he thinks and things like that right
0: so when you do your writing is it is it is it mainly a couple of you guys or is it a whole band collaboration or how do you do most of your writing?
1: It's a band. It's a. It's always been a complete collaboration. Like, um, you know, somebody, every now and then, somebody may come in with a riff, uh, but that doesn't happen very often. Usually it's, you know, as we're, we're set up and we're starting to jam a little bit, somebody will come up with something just kind of on the spot, and then it, it evolves a little bit, you know. Um, Pete really always, Pete throws a lot of the initial riffs in, um, the weird thing is though Pete's got this uh, odd sense of timing and so he'll play something and usually it seems like way on her eye I have to shave a note off of it or add a note onto it to get it to kind of work with with drums and things like that and then Nick is really good on you know he he's he'll Pete will play something or I'll play something you know and we'll kind of hear it one way and then Michael come in with the drums and and just from the beat that he puts down can completely change it. You know, it gives it a, a completely different vibe. And usually, I'll say that, you know, 90% of the time, once once Tricky starts putting a drum track to it, it sounds even better than what we thought it was going to be to begin with. So we're, we're really fortunate about a lot of that. And Whalen is great as far as... Um, you know, he he knows what to do. Him and the Mike work so well together, you know, and Whalen understands that, you know, they are the rhythm section. You know, I mean he he's very big on pushing. They are the rhythm section, they are the ones that do this, you know. So um, yeah, it it's it's always great. Pete writes all of his own leads. You know, I um when we go to record, you know, we may we may say, hey, you know, hold that note out a little longer or, or, you know, or speed up there or slow down there. But for the most part, Pete writes all his own leads. I write lyrics. Um, So, you know, that's kind of the dynamic that's worked well for us, you know, for as long as it has.
0: Right. Hey, another question I had. So you guys do a St. Jude's benefit every year. You want to elaborate a little bit of that on for us?
1: Yeah, so uh, we... We haven't been able to do it every year, but we've done it for a couple of years off and on. Um, So years ago, it seemed like if somebody got hurt or if, you know, somebody knew somebody that had cancer or, you know, wrecked their car or whatever, it seemed like somebody would throw a benefit. You know, like I always remember we'd go to Canton for a benefit or somebody would have a benefit here in Coombe at a place called Swanee's Office, you know. And we were sitting around... Uh, having drinks, you know, after band practice one night at my house. And, um, somebody had, somebody started to talk about, you know, I remember that benefit. That was a lot of fun. I remember this. It was a lot of fun. And those kind of shows, you know, there were, there were like 30 musicians there and, you know, they, they play with the band that we're in, but maybe they jam a little bit, but it was always a good time because, you know, all you had to do was show up for about an hour, play some music and then hang out and buy beer and, you know, kind of help for the cause. And everybody just had so much fun. Well, we were talking about one of those old benefits and one of the guys, I think it was Cullen, our, our drummer, was like, you know, why why are we waiting? Why don't we pick a cause and just start doing this, you know, on a, on a regular basis, you know? Get different bands, get different people, you know? And the, so... We started to look into these things, and our our bass player, well, Waylon, Waylon kind of said that St. Jude's has got one of the best management structures. You know, where they're not paying their manager, they're not paying the the people that work for them a absor- absorbent amount of money. You know, that the money's really going to the kids, and it's really going to the families. And, you know, I mean, nobody, nobody should see their kid suffer nobody no kid should ever suffer you know just flat out um but not you know i'm sure it's you know heart-wrenching for the parents and all these types of things so so we decided that you know that was going to be it that was the the charity that we were going to work toward and i think the first time we did it first time we did it we raised like a thousand dollars i cannot remember the the number off the top of my head uh, you know, so we were like, okay, that was really cool. The last time we did it, this just what we did in December. Um, we were we were very happy. Um, you know, we, we were thinking, okay, well, if we can raise two thousand dollars, you know, anywhere from two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars, that'll be our goal. Uh, we ended up sending them a check for forty two fifty. So, you know, it was it was pretty amazing that we were able to do all that this time around. So yeah, four thousand two hundred and fifty dollars and and you know, and they got a let they sent us a letter back and thanking us for everything, you know, and so it was it was good. It was very you know, it's very satisfying and rewarding to, to do that. And you know, all the bands donated their time. Um, some of the bands that we played with this this last time, they donated some of their merch money you know i mean i thought that was great that they sold t-shirts and when they got done selling their t-shirts they just turned around to put this money in that kitty you know so it was great we had a great time and it's it's fun it is you know you get to hang out with a lot of musicians and just enjoy it
0: man that's great dude. that you know and the reason i asked you that question because that's a that's an organization that's near and dear to me and my wife's heart we donate to them monthly uh we love that organization. And uh, are you guys going to try to do that again this year, if possible?
1: Yes, we'd, we'd like to. The, when the, the place in town that we did it at the first time we did it closed up. Um, so that was the reason that it that it was, you know, it's been a while until we did it again. But the, the organization, or the, the place that's here in town now that we got a hold of, they were like, this is great. We are, we are thrilled that you did it. We're thrilled that you did it here. And they said, then, you know, they, they were happy. It's the, the is known as the forum here in Macomb. Um, and so they were like, yeah, you know, that, that all worked out well. We'd be happy to look at talking to you about doing it again. So we were, I think we'll, I think we're going to try and do it, you know, depending on
0: how everything goes with uh, you know,
1: COVID-19, but, um, we'd love to.
0: Great. Well, let me know if that happens, man. Because I'd love to bring the podcast up there and do like a live remote, man. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome. We would appreciate
0: that. Yeah, man. Um, and anything I can ever do to help, you know, promote you guys or promote the cause, man just just give me a holler.
1: Thank you very much. I'm always happy to hear things like that. You oh know?
0: man, yeah. Like I said, that 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 uh, organization is near and dear to our heart, man. We uh we we donate to that on a monthly basis, man. It's always been one of my wife's. You know big goals you know she her dream job is to work there someday man so i hope that works out yeah and uh so uh so just moving on up. so what are some of your what were some of your musical influences growing up well
1: i was a big metallica fan you know uh some buddies some friends of mine got to go see they went to an ozzy osbourne show and ozzy was opening around um, sorry metallica was opening for ozzy nobody I mean, I had never heard of them. My friends that went to the Aussie show had never heard of them. Um, and I remember they came back with a copy of Master of Puppets from that show. And I remember that was the first time I was introduced to in Metallica was, when, was with the Master of Puppets album. And that just changed everything for me. It changed all kinds of things. You know, I was just dumbfounded. And it was really a lot of that. Metallica, Megadeth, Iron Maiden... Uh, you know some Judas Priest, Black Sabbath, things like that. Really, just kind of, you know, I got my hooks into all of that. Um, and that, you know, I like. Always remember learning the, a lot of those songs. when I was a kid. I playing cover bands, and we were always playing some heavier stuff like that. You know, that that was that was it for me. That was where it was. Um, you know, and I I was always a rhythm guitar player uh, you know, playing and stuff like that. Never wanted to sing, never aspire, you know, never, never aspired to be a singer. And just one day our, the lead singer that we had, the band I was in, he quit. Um, and so I was like, well, I can, I'll kind of do this until we find somebody. And it just turned out it stuck with me. And I've been the lead singer in pretty much every band I've been in since then. Um, you know, obviously motorhead listening to a lot of those guys growing up. Um, so yeah, I mean those those are the kind of where it was where it came from for me.
0: Yeah. And I know you hear this a lot, man. You know, I, you, you you had a little bit of that Lemmy in you. Yeah, yeah, I do hear that.
1: And you know, it's funny because I I think it just depends on I think it depends on the song. I, I think it depends a little bit on the key, and I think it depends on how how much I push for a particular song. Because there's some songs where I can back way off. And it's not there, but, you know, then sometimes, yeah, I do do get that. Yeah. Um, So, and I did, you know, the hell, it's not the worst thing that somebody could tell you is that you sound like Lemmy, you know.
0: Ain't nothing wrong with that, dude. Lemmy's a god, brother. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: God, that dude. I just, Motorhead just was so great, man. And so, so different, you know. Like, they weren't, they weren't trying to be... Uh, technically the best band ever they weren't trying to you know do all kinds of crazy weird harmonies and, and put all kinds of weird stuff together you know they were just like no it's straightforward three chords playing playing music screaming in the mic
0: running around stage having a lot of fun so right I remember doing the All-Star Jam with you a few years back because I was involved in the MDR Jam. It's been, I don't know, yep. three or four years ago. And I, I had ran into and we talked a little bit. And, uh, man, when you guys got up and did your set with Jim and Waylon and all those guys, and you, you did Eat the Rich, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> that blew the roof off the yep. place.
1: That was great. I, I, had never, I had never done that song. So, uh, you know, obviously, when we started talking to those guys, Motorhead, you know, was one of the first songs that came up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it, you know, (laughs) whatever. But, but I was, but I told him, I said, you know, I've done a couple of Motorhead songs. I want to do one I've never done before. And, um, and I, and I honestly don't know why I've never done Eat the Rich. You know, it was, it was popular. As a matter of fact, rock and roll, the, the rock and roll album from Motorhead is one of my favorite Motorhead albums. It's just a classic album. Um, and, you know, I've done a bunch of songs off that, but I've never done Eat the Rich. So, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, but we're also going to do some Sabbath and, you know, things like that. So.
0: Right. And I but, had, yeah, that
1: was a lot That was a lot of fun.
0: I had no idea you were going to do a Motorhead song that night. I know that was kind of, that whole thing was kind of a secret of what the bands were going to play, you know. And I think we got up that yep. night and we did L.A. Guns and we did, a, like, a Faster Pussycat song and then... Uh, we yep. were we were later on in the night, you guys were earlier on, and I had I actually introduced my son to you that night, if you remember that. Um, and I, I said, Hey, this guy's great, man. They're the Hong Kong sleepover man, you gotta check these guys out. And he's a big fan. And uh when That's you good. when you guys got up there and did that song, I about I bought shit. I was like, Oh hell, here it, yeah. comes. Here it comes, man. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. And he, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Man. Oh,
0: dude, I love you guys, man. Um Thank you. So uh I guess my next question is, so you guys are going to start putting out a bunch of new singles and different things. You, you probably won't do another full-length album, or is that a possibility? But,
1: probably not. I mean, that's kind of what we've talked about, was we, we feel like it, it takes too long for us to get to a full album. Because I think there was five years between um, between Butcher and Bolt, or between Bull to Firecrackers and Butcher and Bolt. I think there was five years. Right and you know and it was like we had we had enough songs i mean we had four songs within a year of that album being out so we could have put out you know four songs and then probably you know at least then at least another four songs in the next two years but it just seems like when you're holding on to that stuff you know you, you're you're playing it live you know so you really can't you know keep keep it very long you know what i mean right you know you're not when you're not selling it but you're playing it and whatever so so yeah i think we'd like to to stick with the three to four song release and then not not look at another full album right. i which is kind of it's it's a little bit sad as far as you know i like to have an album i like to put out an album but you know the way the music industry is nobody's doing that so exactly exactly
0: well, I mean, that seems to be the format anymore anyway. Singles, be, they seem to be the ones that sell anyway. I mean, yeah, they out, they outsell the full albums, it seems like. I mean, and uh, it just seems to be the way to go. I mean, that's the way yeah, I look at it. I would
1: agree. It. Yeah.
0: So, hey, tell me a little bit about, I know you work for the University of Western Illinois, man. What do you do at that place, man?
1: So, yeah, I've got the most boring job uh, on the planet, so... Uh, I'm a deputy director at Facilities Management. So um, my job specifically, I mean, you know, Facilities Management, we take care of the university. and My job is, so I work I'm, uh, in planning and design. So if we have a big project that comes along for the university, whether we're going to build a building or do a remodel or whatever, myself and then I've got two guys that work directly for me, we we will take those projects, and so we will administrate them and oversee them and make sure the contractor is is following the design and doing what the university wants and what we need. And we do that from big projects all the way down to you know little $500 projects. I've got a I've got a project right now that we're looking at that's um, going to be a, a $94 million project, building a new building on campus. We're looking at, you know, a new science facility, a new performing arts center. I know we've got millions of dollars for electrical upgrades. The state is actually starting to recognize the deficiencies over the, you know, the budget impasse that we had over three years, and they're, they're really starting to give us money to help, you know, do the things we need to do. So that's fantastic, and we're very
0: happy about that. Right on, man. Yeah. That's great. So I got, I'm going to ask you this question. I ask everybody this question and nobody can ever answer it. You ready? Go for it. If you had one album, you could not live without, what would it be?
1: Oh, one album out of all of them, one album that I could not live without. Um,
0: it's a tough one. Boy,
1: the first, the first one that is a tough one. Um, one of the first albums that comes to mind I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to say it's got to be ACDC for those about to rock
0: that's a great it's one of
1: my it's one of my all-time favorites and you know everybody everybody always hits on back in black you know everyone talks about back in black or everyone talks about uh, high voltage honestly I think the the at the absolute peak of ACDC dc was for those about to rock because the production I feel like the production and the songs on that album were better than they were on Back in Black which Back in Black was amazing. Right. To follow up Back in Black with For Those About to Rock is just unreal. Right. So
0: it would it would have been interesting cuz I know some people know some people don't know that Bon Scott was actually scheduled to be the vocalist on Back in Black. Those songs were already wrote. Yeah, before now, it would have been interesting to see what Bon Scott would have did with those songs. Yes, yes, I I agree. I think that would have been amazing. And not to knock Brian Johnson, man, he stepped in and he filled some big ass shoes in that band.
1: Yeah, you know, and they went from a guy, they went from a guy that, that was so very unique, like you know uh, Bon Scott, to Brian, and to somebody who's just as unique in Brian Johnson. I thought that was great. So yeah, and that that was another thing. I was I've, in bands I've been in over the years, you know, cover bands and things like that. Always doing Bon Scott songs because I can just I can just barely get his range. Um, but then the Brian Johnson stuff, man, there's no way. Brian Johnson is the only one that
0: can sing Brian Johnson. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, his stuff is def- his stuff is definitely harder to sing than Bon stuff, man. He's got that just, yeah he just got that little bit extra up there, man. Yep. Absolutely. So, hey, man, is there anything you would like to promote at this time? You guys want to promote your website? Anything you want to give a shout out to, man? Just go ahead, brother.
1: Yeah. uh, You know, Hong Kong com. That, or, you know, you can go to Pain Camp and uh, access it there. Anything. And we've got all kinds of our merch is all online for sale. And, you know, any of our music, you can buy the music right there online. Typically, whenever somebody buys something, you know, it, it. I'm the one that, that goes and gets it, uh, you know, out of the closet and packs it up and mails it to you. So, you know, every, everything you get from us is touched by my loving hands before it goes out the door. <laughs> there you um, go. So yeah, we've got um, we've been get, we've been on Spotify here recently, and our managers kind of put us on some different playlists and things like that on Spotify. So, you know, it's it's kind of cool to go out and find a band that you know and look for some different playlists and then you can see what other bands, you know, other local bands uh, people have kind of paired them with. So that's kind of a cool thing. Um, and then also if you go to the Hong Kong Sleepover, if you can find our artist page on Spotify. we We each came up with, I think, either three or five songs that we put on a playlist. So if you go to that Spotify page, you can you can listen to like you know I think either 18 or 20 songs that the Hong Kong sleeper said these are songs we love. you know these are these are artists and songs we love as well. So it kind of gets you an idea of some of the um, some of the inspiration and things like that and then you know and it also spreads the love out to other people as well.
0: Absolutely. Hey man, speaking of merchandise man, I also I reached out to you a few years ago. And uh, you had gotten a package sent out to me so we could do it at a benefit for one of my nieces, and I really appreciate that, man.
1: No problem. We're we're happy to do things like that, man. You
0: know? Yeah. That worked out really good, man. I appreciate it. And uh, also. Cool. Happy, happy to help. I need you to help me out, brother, because I need a I need a 4X T-shirt, Hong Kong Sleepover, man. Can you, can you make that happen?
1: Next time we order shirts, I will make that
0: happen. Make it happen for me, man. I, I'm a big dog, so I need a bigger shirt. Nope, I got
1: you. Next time we order shirts, I'll make sure that we get one. Uh, I might have one now. Um, I have to look through. I have to look through the trailer. Our merchandise is is not here at the moment. We've been reorganizing some things, but yeah, I can look and see what we got. Seems like I do have something 4x right if you, now. If
0: you got one, brother, I'll, I'll I'll send you the money or whatever. However, however, we got to do it, man. Just get it to me.
1: Perfect. Let me see what I can find.
0: All right, I appreciate that. Hey, uh, also, man. Uh, so, talking, going back to the benefit for the St. Juice thing, um, I would love to donate my time and come out there and do a live remote, man. Set up my equipment, man. Interview the bands, whatever I can do to help, man. I, I'm more than I'm more than happy to do that for you.
1: That That would be fantastic. Thank you very much. We'll yeah. We'll remember that, and when we get closer to, you know, being able to do something like that, we'll definitely be in touch with you.
0: That'd be great, man. I appreciate you, brother. Um, no same here appreciate all the hard work man dude and it, is is there anything else you'd like to talk about or anything i didn't ask you that you'd like to tell the people about no I, I think you pretty much covered everything well brother i appreciate you man you have a great rest of your day man and uh it's always good talking to you ted it's always good talking to you too man
1: thank you very much all i'm right, always bro. happy to always happy to do things like this and i really appreciate you giving me a call all
0: right brother or hope, you, you know you good? hope we can have you back on in the future man appreciate you
1: We'd be happy to. Thank you very much. Keep doing
0: what you're doing. Take care, brother. You too. Bye-bye. Bye now. That concludes today's episode of the Metal Bob Live podcast. Please go to our website to check out our sponsor links. And thank you for listening. Metal Bob out.